This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay Roberts, and I am so glad you joined me on Entirely Unconventional. And today I want to talk about a subject that's not just unconventional, but it's actually very conventional. In fact, it's all over the place when you think about it, and that is the subject of jealousy. The Bible talks about envy, pride, jealousy, and what happens as a result of it. And I want you to know that beyond any shadow of a doubt, my hope today, if you've been the victim of somebody in their jealousy, or maybe you think you might have struggled with it, let's talk about what the Bible has to say to lift you up and to put you on a path of goodness and all that God has for you. You know, my family giggles and talks about me and calls me Bob the Builder. Well, there's a lot of truth to that because I love to build things. I like to take those kind of things that are in a box and dump it all over the floor and you got a bunch of wood pieces and you've got a bunch of parts and you've got a bunch of nuts and bolts and you've got screws and you've got all of that stuff. And by the time you're finished, you've got a table. That is like one of my favorite things that I do. But today, instead of Bob the Builder with those tables in a box, I want to build you up. The Bible says to build you up in your most holy faith, to build up your confidence, your dreams, maybe even to think about your finances or your future. Whatever it is that you're going through, I want God to minister to you in such a way that when you're finished hearing this, you really feel encouraged. You feel hope. You feel strength. You know, today you may be thinking about yourself and you think, I'm just not enough. Or you may be thinking, I've barely got just enough. But I'd like to take you through the Bible from not enough or just enough to way more than enough. And I want it to begin right now. You know, Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy, envy rots the bones. Wow, is that something? A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I was reading an article, it was in the psychology magazine, and it said the cause of extreme jealousy is low self-esteem. Wow. When you think you're not enough, I don't believe God looked in the heavens and said, let's make this wonderful person, but let's just make sure he or she is not enough. I believe God makes us more than enough. We're more than enough, more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above anything we ever dare ask or think. One other thing I was reading was talking about discontentment, and it said discontentment is at the heart of jealousy. What happens when you're talking about jealousy and discontentment? You compare, and then after you compare, you compete, and then you begin to covet. And the Bible talks about that very clearly, that when we begin to covet, it's because we believe what we have isn't enough, or God hasn't done enough, or we have to have what somebody else has, or we don't have to have something like somebody else, but coveting means we have to have what's theirs. And I don't believe God has called us to do that. I believe he's called us to live a joyful life, a life full of peace and prosperity and joy. You know, the dictionary definition of covet is really interesting. It's a desire wrongfully or inordinately used to regard, uh, let me say that again, desire wrongfully or inordinately or without due regard for the rights of others. You know, why should we covet something that isn't ours, that doesn't belong to us, that isn't right? 
Why should we covet and have a desire for something that God didn't desire for us? Sometimes we look at the outside and think, hey, what's going on on the outside? But today I want to do it what I would consider maybe, maybe a little bit backwards. I would like to see you from the inside out. See how God has for us from the inside out. I really believe Exodus 20, 17, where we're not to covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife, or anything in it. And it goes on and it says any of his male or female workers or his possessions or anything like that. Why? I believe when you're spending so much time looking for somebody else, whatever, you might just miss whatever God has for you. But I believe the health of your outside you're thinking on the outside. What you see, what you look at, what you process is determined by the health on your inside. I believe that we can be healed from the inside out. You know, I was thinking about something like when we're thinking of a thought and then that thought begins to manifest. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his own heart, so he becomes. So as you're thinking this thought, all of a sudden you walk it out. Think about this. Now, don't go do this you know, on your own, don't go do this. I'm not telling you to run to the grocery store. I'm not telling you to run to the pizza shop. But if I sat here and talked about pizza, pizza, pizza enough times, I put a thought of pizza in your head. Now tell me this, at the end of the podcast, think about it. Were you thinking about pizza? Because I know this, if I see something on television, I wasn't thinking about cookies or pizza or whatever, even a cup of coffee. Oh my goodness. It's almost like you can smell the roast. And I wasn't thinking about it until someone starts talking about it on television. And before you know it, I'll turn to Richard and say, you make me a cup of coffee. And we start to giggle. The Bible is very clear that our thoughts produce action. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so he becomes. That's great if you're thinking of peace and love and joy and how to help somebody, how to walk with Jesus, how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and then walk it out. But if it's something toxic that you're thinking about over and over and over and over, how in the world can something like that, that's seemingly so toxic, be any good as you start to walk it out? I want to read you something that I think is very interesting from the Message Bible, Romans 12. And it starts out in verse 1 and 2, and it says, so here's what I want you to do. Okay, so I want you to listen to that like personally. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God has for you, not just your neighbor, not somebody else, although you may want to learn something. And, and I always like to look at things and learn from them, but I'm talking about what God has for you. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, I love this, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed. Here we go. Are you ready? Romans 12, you'll be changed from the inside out. When we fix our attention on God, we can be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants and has for you and be quick to respond to it. I believe we have that Bible opportunity to be changed from the inside out. We can change our mind, our will, and our emotions. Oh my goodness, Lindsay, how do you do that? Okay, so I think it's actually very simple. It's really simple because we're talking about your thinking, your believing, the Bible's very clear that our mind, will, and emotions is part of our soul realm. 
So as we think about this, bless the Lord, O my soul. That's Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I can bless the Lord with my soul. I can bless the Lord with my mind. I can bless the Lord with my will. I can bless the Lord with my emotions. The Bible clearly says we can renew our mind daily with the word of God. Romans 12, 2, we can renew, make new our mind, our thinking, our thought processing daily with the word of God. Why? 1 Peter 5, 8 says that Satan comes around seeking whom he may devour. But the first part of that says be alert, be alert. Satan comes around seeking whom he may devour, but God said, hold on a minute, hold on, hold on. You can renew your mind daily with the word of God. So you don't have to fall into that trap. You don't have to have your belief system fall into the trap of how Satan wants you to think, how Satan wants you to act, how Satan wants you to do anything. I believe that we can renew according to the word of God. What's the rest of that scripture? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Guess what the next part says? When we do that, he heals our diseases. He forgives our iniquities, our sins. He redeems our life from destruction, crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, and satisfies our mouth with such good things that our youth is renewed like eagles. What's our part? I always say we've got the easy part. God's got the, the big stuff. We just bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, bless you, Lord, with my mind. I bless you, Lord, with my will. I bless you, Lord, with my emotions. And then God kicks in with the rest of it and said he forgives your iniquity. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he satisfies your mouth with such good things that your youth is renewed like eagles. You know, I call it soul searching. We've got all these, you know, scientific ways of doing soul searching. Well, how about Psalm 103, 1 through 5? We will search the word of God in how our soul is to behave. And when we do, look at all the rewards that we get. And the way I look at that, if you want to find success in your human relationships, start with success in your non-human relationships, father, son, and Holy Spirit. Once we get that right on the inside, the Holy Trinity, the way God the Father, El Elyon, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, through his son Jesus, the one who delivers us from all of our enemies, and through the Holy Spirit, the divine paraclete, the one called alongside to help us, the comforter. When we get all that right on the inside, then I believe something will happen and take root on the outside. Again, when I started this podcast, I told you about a little book I wrote called The Company You Keep. Is the company you keep what's keeping you? Is it keeping you happy? Is it keeping you tormented? Is it keeping you up at night? You know, sometimes for company, I turn on the television, but I've had to be careful. Sometimes when I turn on the news, that's a company I don't want to be keeping. Or sometimes when I turn on a movie and not paying attention, I realize, wait a minute, I, that may be trying to keep me company or fill the airspace. Oh, no, no. I have to be careful what goes in is what's going to come out. What, what do they say? Garbage in, garbage out. Sometimes when we receive things just for information's sake, wow, that's wonderful. But if we get something from the outside that is restless with us on the inside, some of that noise I call voices and choices, some of that noise can cause us on the inside to make improper choices on the outside. But instead, start with bless the Lord, O my soul. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let the Bible keep you company. Let the word of God. You know, I turn on podcasts like these to keep me not just company, but to uplift, to fill my spirit with encouraging words of hope and life. And that's what I want to see for you today. I have this material that I used to preach all the time, and I'd take one of those Instamatic cameras with me, and I would snap a picture, and it'd pop out, and then it would develop. Why? Because what you focus on will develop. What you focus on will manifest. What you focus on will develop. So what are you focusing on today? What has your attention? What is the company that is kind of, in a sense, rattling around on the inside of your head, and then it finds its way to the outside from your thinking to your actions? As a man thinketh in his own heart, so so he becomes. I want you to become like Jesus. I want you to become the word of God that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I want you to become the best you so that you even surprise yourself. Wow. And you think, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it's possible. And I again say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's Roman, that's Philippians 4.13. And then, you know, it's funny when you start that Philippians 4.13, I can do all things who, through Christ who gives me strength. What a declaration. You know how it ends up? It ends up with the most wonderful scripture that says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13 through 19. You start out telling God, we'll do this together. I can do all things through Christ together, who gives me strength. And when that happens, the end of that passage says, wow, look at that. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want you to consider that as you consider the company you keep. I got some interesting questions I want to just toss out your way and let's see what it means about jealousy, pride, and envy from people who are just asking me an honest question. I'm going to try and give you my best honest answer. This one says, it seems like everyone else gets what I'm believing for. Okay, hold on. Although I didn't write this, honestly, I could have written it. That could have been me. I could have signed my name on the bottom and been honest. It wasn't me, but Man, have I ever talked about that more times than I care to tell you. It seems like everyone else gets what I'm believing for. It makes it hard not to be jealous. What do I do? So I'm right on top of that list. I promise you I didn't write it, but I will tell you this. One of the biggest things that I was believing for had a really, really sad, weird, unhappy ending. I was believing God for a child. I was told at 18 I'd never have children. When I married Richard, I ended up with a, a, a miscarriage and then another miscarriage and what they thought was probably a third miscarriage. And then I carried a baby, and I, I'll throw in their surgeries. And then I carried a baby full term, and he lived a day and a half. And yet, I am not kidding, and yet, I was praying for other people, praying for their babies. I was doing things for other pregnant girls. And lo and behold, I am so excited to be pregnant. I was told at 18 I'd never have a baby. Year after year after year, it seemed like that was just going to be my lot in life, even though I was praying for other people and getting testimonies. And get this, people were even naming their baby Lindsay. That was so exciting and in a weird way, kind of really hard at the same time. And yet... I kept asking God, what do I do? And one day the Lord told me, sew baby showers. I thought that was the most unfair thing I had ever heard. So it had to be the devil and not God. But I heard it again. Sew baby showers. Give baby showers. 
I want you to give out of your need. I just thought that was ridiculous. I didn't think it was impossible. I just didn't want to do it. But I decided to obey. I had baby showers for my friends that were pregnant. I had baby showers for people that I didn't know that my friends said, would you please do me a favor? And my answer was always yes. And I'll tell you this, I would either cook the food, bring the food in, make the prettiest cake or buy the prettiest cake and always try to get a wonderful gift that I would like for myself, even though I wasn't pregnant. And I can well remember a time as soon as the party was all excited and they were going through the food line, I can remember it as if it were yesterday. I ran into the upstairs of my house, went into the bathroom, shut the door and cried like a baby because I wasn't pregnant. I was having miscarriages. They were having baby showers and they were having presents and cake and so excited. And I was having miscarriages and crying my guts out. But I decided to do it. And for me, Even in the hardest time, the Bible talks about sowing in famine, sowing in the hard times. I can't tell you all the intricate processes of it, but I can tell you this. I was told at 18 I wouldn't have children. By the time I was 29, it took a long time and a lot of tears and a lot of praying and a lot of staying in faith. And now I have my beautiful Jordan, my beautiful Olivia, and my beautiful Chloe. They are not my daughters, although they're my daughters. They're my miracles. And I believe part of that happened because I was willing and obedient to sow in famine. I want to encourage you. You may not be hearing that from God, but whatever God is saying to you, give out of your need. I didn't like the sound of it, but I'll, I'll tell you on the honest truth, I like the results of it. So I want you to consider that. You may be saying, okay, I'll sow finances. I'll bake a pie. You may be saying, I'll sow babysitting. I'll, I'll sow 30 minutes of time, sometimes People getting 30 minutes to an hour to themselves is one of the most priceless things on earth. If God is speaking that to you, I want to encourage you to sow in famine. The Bible says when you sow in famine, you reap a hundredfold. I want you to read that in the Bible and expect a miracle. Next question was, what is the best way to stay focused on the inside when my outside problems are so overwhelming? Okay, so I'm going to read it again, and then I'm I'm going to put another disclaimer on this. No, I did not write it. Yes, it sounds exactly like me. What is the best way to stay focused on the inside when my outside problems are so overwhelming? Um, So one day, the Lord said to me, go get some duct tape. And I thought, okay, that is just really weird. And I had, of course, I had duct tape in my house. I mean, I don't know about you, but I always have a staple and duct tape. You can staple something or duct tape something together and, you know, life is good. So I had a staple Uh, not a staple. I had duct tape in my house. I went and got it. And I said, okay, Lord, I don't understand this. What do you want me to do? He said, I want you to consider the next time you talk so negative and so against the word of God to consider duct taping your mouth shut. Now he never made me do it, but I think I got the point. You know, when you're a kid, I don't know about you, but somebody says to you, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. God was saying to me, Lindsay Roberts, if you can't say something in harmony with the word of God, don't talk. Now, I'm not telling you to duct tape your mouth, and I never taped mine, but I got the point real quick. The point was, if you can't line up your words with the Word of God, one of the best things you can do, no matter how hard it seems on the outside, is don't talk about the problem. Talk about the solution to the problem. I find myself talking about the problem, and my husband will come to me and say, Lindsay, and he'll use both hands, and he'll kind of motion downward, and he'll say, down flesh. 
when my flesh wants to exceed what I know in the spirit, Richard will come to me and he'll say, down flesh. And I'll have to say to myself, down flesh. Let my flesh come down. I might decrease so Christ in me can increase. And yes, there are, there are things. I mean, all you have to do is drive by a gas station and you can start wondering. But instead of wondering, go to the word of God and say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, you promised to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I trust you. I have a friend, and I was just listening to it yesterday, talking on a podcast, and she said the Lord told her to give away clothing. So she packed up some of her nicest clothes, and she began to think, I don't want to give these away. And a friend of hers came in and said, hey, are these for sale? Let's go take them to this particular store. And she said, let's sell them. You can make a lot of money. And of course, the thought's going through her mind. But the Lord said, give them. So she packed them all up and said, nope, I'm supposed to give them. And she did, wondering, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, I'll tell you what happened. She began to get clothing. She began to get shoes. She got a designer handbag. And the story goes on and on. She wasn't doing it for stuff. She was doing it out of obedience. I believe that when we sow out of obedience, even if it's our attitude, even if it's our words, even if it's our time, even if it's our money, even if it's just sowing the opportunity to close our mouth when we could say something ugly. If we sow, I believe we'll reap the good of the land. Next question is, my husband is a successful businessman who is always praised for his successes. He wouldn't be able to... (laughs) Disclaimer, I didn't write this one either. (laughs) Okay, I got it. I just, okay, straight face. Read it, Lindsay. He wouldn't be able to do half the stuff of what he's doing without me, but no one knows that. It makes me jealous and frustrated. Please help. Okay, so here's my comedy. I call it dusting. You got to understand that Oral Roberts was my father-in-law. And when I married Richard, Oral Roberts, at that time, I was told on some weird article that Oral Roberts was the fourth most recognizable man in the entire world. What in the universe am I doing? A very shy person that was totally and completely committed to books and reading. I was in law school. I was committed to the success of good grades, etc. But I was tossed into a family that like, okay, let's be honest. My husband had been with Elvis Presley, sung with um, um, people like like Roy Rogers. I mean, he was my hero. Roy Rogers and Dale Evans and Johnny Cash and Aretha Franklin and Gladys Knight, and it can go on and on. And here I am that I, I don't know what in the world was I thinking when I married into this family. But I said, okay, you know, go with the flow. You can figure this out. And all of a sudden, I started feeling less and less noticed, not that I wanted to be noticed, but significant, not that I had to be significant. But it was real easy for me to realize I was kind of, you know that song, The Wind Beneath Richard's Wings? Wow, wasn't that cool? No, it's not cool. Sometimes it's a very empty place to be when People always would recognize Richard. And I even had one woman actually push me out of the way to get to Richard. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just be out of the way. And it was just terribly uncomfortable for Richard and for me. That being said, I began to think about dusting. Dusting is that thing that no matter how much you do, nobody praises you. 
Nobody says, wow, Lindsay, you are an awesome duster. Wow, Lindsay, your furniture is highly polished. Nobody ever in all my life has ever praised me for dusting. It goes unnoticed. But the minute you don't dust, everybody notices. They write their name in your dust. It's one of the most necessary jobs, but one of the most thankless, unnoticed jobs. And sometimes in our life, when everybody else is upfront or their successes are very obvious and their praises are very obvious, maybe they got a raise, maybe they invented something. Wow, wouldn't that be cool? But you're sitting home and saying, I'm insignificant. I'm working very hard, even more than dusting. Ha ha, of course I did. But but I'm working hard. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I mean, I'm a mom of three children. That right there, ding, ding, ding. That is, to me, one of the most rewarding, rewarding hard work you will ever do. But in saying that, I had to watch Richard get every kind of accolade, even on television. And here I am, dusting. Now, truth be told, I started to do television with him. In all these years, in doing television with him, it's still, when people go to make all this cool stuff, it's usually Richard or his dad or something like that. And I've had to recognize, this is the way it is. How am I going to deal with it? So I went to the Father. And the Lord showed me the funniest thing. He said, I know and see everything. All of a sudden, it's like it took the wind out of my complaining sail. It took the wind out of my grumbling sail. And I realized, you know what? I don't really care about what people say. I've gotten to that point, and boy, do I say that a lot. I don't really care if they praise me or don't praise me. I've never been that kind of person. But I'll tell you what, it's important what my father-in-law used to say. It was important what my mother-in-law used to say. It was really important what Richard says, and it is very important what my children and my family say. That's really important to me. But the most important thing is someday I'm going to leave this earth, and God is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. When you sow into the least of these, what you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. All jokes aside, I used to dust and say, hey, Lord, how do you think I'm doing with my dusting? And it became a comedy. Hey, Lord, how's my vacuuming today? And it would become a comedy. And I would start doing it under the Lord. And it became a joke and it became so much fun. I can't explain it, but it became a good thing. I, I do believe that we can take any situation that we face give it to Father God, know that he knows and sees everything and believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly, I mean this, far above anything you can ever ask or think. And we have to, that's where the word trust comes in. That's the word faith. But if you trust God and put your faith in him and not on people, sometimes I call them fickle, fickle, pickle, because they can change like the wind, but put your faith in God and see that he can reward you even when it doesn't seem possible, exceedingly abundantly, far above anything you can ever ask or think. And that's my prayer for you today, for God to bless you more than you can ever ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to like this if you like it, subscribe to it, and tell somebody about it. I pray you like it, I pray you subscribe, and I pray you pass it on and tell somebody about it. And most important, most important, I want this thought to stick inside your soul. I want you to believe that you're worth more than you think. Because in my opinion, and I do believe in God's opinion, we really are worth more than we think. 
Bye-bye for now. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at Lindsay Roberts Official. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on Amazon.com. We'll see you next week.